Why worship? You could answer that a lot of different ways, perhaps. Well, today, perhaps, uh, even different than yesterday, we're reminded that we worship because when things in our world happen that are beyond our control, whether that is a mass shooting or a natural disaster or tragedies that impact our lives in ways that ripple through our communities, we need to gather with the people of God to remember who God is and who we are. We need to gather with one another to remember that we are not alone. God is with us and we are with one another. Because when things happen in our personal lives, a death or a divorce or an illness or some personal tragedy, we need to gather with the people of God in worship so that we don't lose our center of gravity. The world is filled with brokenness and pain and heartache and suffering, and we need to be reminded that we aren't God, but we do belong to God, our Creator, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. And so today, we gather as the body of Christ to remember these truths for ourselves and for our communities that are reeling even this morning from gun violence and for communities in the path of the storm, whether that storm is one that we can see clearly on the radar or storm that is sneaking up upon us. We gather to worship because we need to be gathered with the people of God to remember. Let's pray. Lord, we pray today that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us and that it would take hold of us and transform us. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're in the second week of our series called Our Journey. I just want to encourage you to get a copy of the study guide that goes with the series. Thomas Johnson put this together. There's some that are available out in the gathering area. There's no way that we could cover in worship every week the depth of information about our whole journey. Our whole journey in four weeks. No, we have limited time together. But I encourage you to go deeper with the study guide. In times of uncertainty and angst and and change in our world, in our lives, sometimes the most important thing we can do is to stop and to take a deep breath and to remember who we are and to remember who God is, to stop and take a deep breath and reorient ourselves to where we are and to who we are and and to revision or remember the vision that God gives to us for the journey that is our lives as individuals and the journey that is our lives as a community of faith. The world seems to be filled with change right now and and anxiety, and, and it's important for us as people of faith to gather and remember and reorient and revision where God is leading us. So I hope that you will join us for this journey and that you will pick up the the study guide and use that as well. There's some practices that we know are essential to our journey. Those practices that are essential are worship, 
discipleship, service, and generosity. You're going to hear us referring to these as worship plus three. Everything comes out of worship. Worship is where we find our, our grounding, our, our framework. It's where we, we find that, that place of beginning so that out of that, discipleship and service and generosity flow naturally out of that and then feed back into that. Worship is an essential part of who we are in establishing priorities for our lives as people of faith. Worship literally means to give worth to. And all of us give worth to something or someone. From the beginning of time, God as our creator, redeemer, and sustainer has claimed first place for us and in who, to whom we are to give worship. That's where our worth is to go to, to God. But we live in a fallen world in which other things vie for our attention and our allegiance, our time, our resources. And so often we end up not giving God our worship. We end up giving worth to lots of other things around us. God gets first place in our lives. Worship reminds us of that. Scripture is filled with encouragement to and imperatives to and uh, examples of worship. One of our favorites is Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing, know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Worship as a people of faith, our corporate worship, our communal worship, and as persons of faith, our individual worship, gives voice and expression to the power and the majesty and the, the presence and the glory of God. Worship is not about us. Worship is not about us. When we come to worship and gather as the people of God, we remember that. Worship is not about us. We remember that God is bigger than all that is wrong in the world, that, that God is greater than all of the things that vie for our allegiance, that God is more powerful than any human promises. We come to worship and remember that God sees us and hears us and knows us and loves us. As God saw the people of Israel in slavery and heard their cries and delivered them, God sees us and hears us and delivers us. And we remember that when we come in to worship, that God is with us and God is for us. We are not alone. We come in from the world and we remember in this time of worship that the world doesn't get to define us. The world doesn't get to tell us what we are worth. We come to remember that we find our worth, we find who we are in God and in God alone. Often, though, we come into worship, and it's not really God that we're thinking about when we first come in. I'm not going to ask you to own up to whether any of these questions resonate with you. I'm just going to suggest that for many of us, when we come into this building, into this worship space, 
God might not be the first thing that we're thinking about. We might, when we come in those doors, we might be thinking, I, I wonder if anyone's going to sit in my seat today. <laughs> or we might be thinking, gosh, it's too cold in here, or it's too hot in here. Or we might be thinking, have you seen that band's equipment? Look, it's all messy all over here. That looks terrible. Or we might think, why do we even need a band anyway? Or we might think, the band doesn't have enough room up there at all. <laughs> You're welcome, Nick. We might think it's too bright, or it's not bright enough. It's too loud. It's not loud enough. We might think, I don't really like that song. I don't really like that scripture. I don't really like that preacher. We might be thinking all of those things when we come in. We might be thinking, I should have had more coffee, or why can't I bring coffee in here, or did you see that person brought coffee in here, <laughs> right? We might be thinking about a lot of things that have nothing to do with God. I wonder what it would look like if you came into worship and when you came into worship, you literally thought, God, how will I encounter you in this time and space today? God, how will you meet me where I am today? God, how will you show me what it means to be more like Christ in worship today? God, how are you inviting me to grow in my faith? How are you inviting me closer to you in worship? How would your worship experience change, maybe, if you changed what you thought when you came into this space for worship? Your clergy team has put together definitions to, to go with uh, worship and discipleship service and generosity. This definition is um, pretty general in, in the sense that the pattern of worship, the order of worship that we follow is an ancient pattern of worship. And so it may feel familiar. It may resonate with you a little bit. This is the definition that we're going to work off of as we continue in our journey together. Worship is the gathering of God's people to remember who God is and who we are. We offer praise and thanksgiving as we hear God's word proclaimed through scripture and music, and we respond to God's word in prayers, sacraments, financial gifts, and service as we are sent from worship back into the world. We gather as God's people to remember who God is and who we are, that God is God and we are not. We don't gather in order to agree with one another, all of us, or to make sure that when we leave, we all agree. We gather as a community of faith, as a body of Christ. We gather to find unity in Christ, even in our differences. Because worship isn't about us. It's about remembering who God is and who we are. We gather each of us as beloved children of God, but also as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need one another. We gather to remember, and we regain our perspective on our place in the world and in the community. We remember when we come to worship that we're not alone. 
We gather as God's people to remember, and we gather as God's people to offer praise and thanksgiving. When we remember who God is, when we sing songs like So Will I and talk about the stars and the galaxies, and we remember that, that this is the God who loves us and who created us, then, then in that space of, of humility, really the most appropriate response we can offer is praise and thanksgiving, is adoration and gratitude for all that God has done, for all that God is doing, and for all that God will do. We gather as people, God's people, to hear and respond to God's word. We don't gather just to gather. It's not a book study. It's not a club. We gather to hear God's word. Our worship is always centered in God's word, and we plan worship every week around God's word, around scripture that is God's word that points us to the word made flesh, that points us to Jesus, We gather in songs and in prayers. We respond with our offerings. We respond in in the sacraments of Holy Communion and baptism. We come in and gather. We offer praise and thanksgiving to hear God's word and to respond. To hear God's word that reorients us to who we are and to who the world is and helps us know what it means to live as people of faith people called by God to be set apart for God. When we come into worship as people of God, based on God's word, it's not all going to look the same for everybody. 8.15 and 11 o'clock worship don't look like 9.30 worship here, and they don't, none of them look like our chapel service that's happening right now over in Grimes Chapel, and none of them look like youth worship, right, Chris? Right? That happens in Cornerstone. We are created body, mind, and spirit to worship God in body, mind, and spirit. We all respond to things differently and learn differently and and experience things differently. It's okay for people to dance in worship. It's okay if you don't dance in worship. It's okay for people to raise their hands in worship. It's okay if you don't raise your hands in worship. Last night I had someone, the last song we sang last night was, Here I Am, Lord, and I kind of made everybody raise their hand because I was the preacher and I could tell them what to do for that. But I had a woman say to me when she left, I don't ever raise my hands in worship, but when I did, I felt completely different and not in a bad way. God wants all of us to respond in worship, to give God worth. God first place. Find a place, find a worship style where you encounter God and then let other people worship the way they encounter God as well. We gather as God's people to be sent back out into the world. This is not the end of the journey. This really is the beginning. When we come to worship, we come and gather to remember, to hear God's word, to be sent back out. At the end of every worship service, whoever is offering the benediction is sending you out into the world. Sometimes I've I've wondered about making you all turn around as we give you the benediction so you're facing not this way, but facing out. We gather to remember because the world needs us to be reoriented to who God is and who we are and God's purpose for the world so that we carry that out into the world. The world needs us 
to share the love of Christ that we receive, that we encounter, that we know when we gather as the body of Christ. Average worship attendance now, frequency of worship. When I was growing up, now, I literally grew up in the church, so we were at church on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening, anytime the doors were open, right? But even then, most families on Sundays came to worship. The, av- the frequency of worship now that is considered average or regular is one and a half to two times a month. I don't know how you show up one and a half times, but <clears throat> that, is, that is the average frequency, the normal frequency. I don't know about you guys, but my life, the rest of my life, is not just one and a half to two times a month. We come to worship to remember and be reoriented. We need that every week. We need to remember who we are. If your spiritual journey is feeling a little stagnant, maybe you start by looking at how often you're in worship. Now, you guys are all here today, so y'all are like, yeah, I'm here, right? I need you to come back next week. That's the catch, right? You, this doesn't, you don't get one time now and you're done for September. You've got to come back. We need the regular reminder to reorient us to who we are and to who God is. So that worship really is not just about one time a week. It's about our daily life. Tom used this scripture last week. I loved it so much I wanted to use it again. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you develops well-formed maturity in you. We gather for worship, not so that we can be done with worship and go about the rest of our lives. We gather for worship so that worship can become a way of life in our everyday, ordinary, walking around life. And the thing is, if you take the pattern of our worship and apply it to your everyday life, it works there too. What would it look like for you to start every day remembering who you are? First John, see what love the Father has given to us. Some translations say have, has lavished upon us. See what love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Or in Romans, in Romans when Paul reminds them, led by the Spirit, you are children of God. You are no longer slaves to fear. You're heirs of God, heirs of God's kingdom, heirs, co-heirs with Christ. What if you started every day remembering that's who you are? And what if no matter what your day held, you ended the day remembering that that's who you are? Starting and ending your day remembering who you are. It'll play out in your relationship with other people. It'll play out in the ways that you make decisions. It'll play out in the questions that you wrestle with. It'll play out in how you see the world around you. Offering praise and thanksgiving. Offering praise and thanksgiving. When we remember who we are, then this is a natural response. Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
Praise and thanksgiving has nothing to do with how you feel and everything to do with what you know and whom you trust. When your life unravels, maybe the last thing you want to do is rejoice or pray or give thanks. But when your life begins to unravel and you know the truth about who you are and who God is and that you belong to God, then you can choose praise and thanksgiving in response. Praise and thanksgiving may not change your circumstances at all, but it very likely will change you in the midst of your circumstances, giving you strength to persevere in whatever it is that's happening around you. It's easy enough when we're gathered here to offer praise and thanksgiving with one another. It's harder maybe at home or at work or in the doctor's office or in the hospital or in the funeral home or in the courtroom. Or It's harder when, when we're in real-life relationships that are broken and hurting and where we don't know what's happening or our life has been unended. It, it's harder. And yet, when we remember who God is and who we are, we can choose praise and thanksgiving in the midst of whatever those circumstances are. It's a, it's a really... It, a posture of surrender to the God of the universe who created us, who loves us, who redeems us, who sustains us. Remembering who God is and remembering who we are, offering praise and thanksgiving, and then being grounded in God's word, being grounded in the truth of who God says you are and what God invites you to do, being grounded in scripture, remembering that We abide in Christ. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We need to stay grounded in God's word, abiding in Christ, not just to get reconnected here when we come to worship, but to stay connected throughout our days, throughout our working, throughout our life at home, staying connected to Christ. The world around us is constantly changing. The world around us is constantly changing. What's good for you today, I'm here to tell you, is probably going to come out on the news tomorrow as bad for you tomorrow, right? And what's bad for you today, what you've been avoiding today, probably tomorrow is going to be the cure for everything that's wrong with the world. And I'm pretty sure that's either going to be bacon or dark chocolate. So go ahead and indulge yourself in those, right? The world is constantly changing. This Word of God and who you are in God will not change. So in the midst of an ever-changing world, ground yourself in what won't change. One of the things that Luke and I do on the way to school every day, we have printed out on an index card, uh, Numbers 6, uh, 23 and 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Luke knows it. He has it on an index card, but he doesn't need the index card. Sometimes I need the index card. Ground yourself in God's word so that it stays with you throughout the day. It's Put it on an index card and carry it in your car. Put it on the bathroom mirror. Find ways to stay grounded in God's word for you. And then offering Christ to all. When we're sent back out into the world... We remember that Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love 
for one another. As followers of Christ, as disciples, as students, as learners, we should be looking more and more like Jesus. We should be loving God and loving others more and better. If we're following Jesus, if we're gathering for worship, if we're on the journey following Jesus, we should begin to look more and more like Jesus. But do we? As people of faith, we should be the ones offering grace and extending mercy. We should be the ones that live in the midst of the broken world with kindness and compassion, with humility and patience, bearing with one another. Coming to worship is, is not just about coming here to worship. It's about living a life of worship. Our actions, our words, our attitudes, drawing others to Christ. Why worship? Because the, we live in a world that needs us to know where our allegiance lies. We live in a world that needs us to know and remember to whom we give worth. We live in a world that needs us to live grounded and centered in God's word, grounded and centered in who we are as people of faith and beloved children of God. And we live in a world that needs us to lead the way in loving God and loving others. We need to be in, in worship every week because the world is going to do all it can to pull us off of that track. We need the strength of being gathered with one another so that we're strengthened when we're away from one another. The world needs us to worship, to be gathered as the people of God, to remember so that we can be the ones to help remind the world of God's love and mercy and grace. Why worship? Because it's essential to our journey as people of faith who belong to God. Let us pray. Lord, we're grateful that you create us to worship you, and we confess that sometimes, maybe a lot of times, we fail to do that. We pray that you would strengthen our hearts and our minds to return to you, knowing that we belong to you, that you see us and are with us and are for us, and you send us as your beloved children into the world to love one another. Bring us into the heart of worship this day. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll invite those who are helping.